Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to increase capacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes it's legal in all 50 states requires no background checks and can be shipped right to your door visit burna.com slash jesse now for an exclusive 10 percent discount we have a gop house Breaking news, we have a GOP house by the slimmest of margins, but we do have one. So now, okay, we did it, got it. Not quite as big as we wanted it to be, we got it. Now what? I mean, we've given them power. You put in the work, I put in the work. We had an election, we gave the GOP power. We took it away from Democrats, took away the House of Representatives, and we gave it to the GOP. Now what? What are they going to do? What should they do? I'll tell you what, we're going to bring in some congressmen tonight and we're going to ask them what they plan on doing. Might as well hear it from the horse's mouth. But I'll just tell you right now what they should be doing. Issue number one is actually not inflation and gas prices and crime. And I'm not dismissing the concerns about those things. I understand full well we're all sitting watching our standard of living drop as the value of the dollar goes down and interest rates go up. I know that that's top concern for Americans. Now, I get it, I get it, and I don't judge anybody for it. Totally get it. But that is not, not the most dangerous thing happening in the United States of America. 
the most dangerous thing happening in the United States of America right now by a mile is that we have a government that is wholly hostile to you and there's never an election to get rid of them. I'm not talking about the House of Representatives or the Senate or the presidency. I'm talking about the administrative state that truly runs America. You see all these people, DOJ, EPA, FBI, CIA, look, pick your three-letter agency, IRS, all these people in these agencies. They're the ones who destroy their political enemies, you. They're the ones with their eyes set on you. And if that makes you angry, good. But the problem is you never in your life have ever gotten to vote for FBI director. Neither have I, nor will you. They run the country now. You could have the entire House and the entire Senate and the presidency. We had the House, Senate, and presidency in 2016, remember? And what happened? Donald Trump promptly had his entire agenda and his presidency kneecapped from where? From the administrative state. Unless that thing is cleaned out, gutted, and reformed, nothing else really matters at a federal level. Nothing, absolutely nothing at all. And they know it, too. They know they have all the power. I still marvel at this exchange. I've played it for you before on the show. And before I go to this exchange between Christopher Ray and Chuck Grassley, where Ray basically tells Grassley, hey, go pound sand. Uh, <clears throat> I got a plane to catch. I want, you to do, I want you to keep something in mind. The United States Senate is extremely powerful. That is a powerful legislative body. The United States Senator, there's only a hundred of them. You know, when they walk into a steakhouse in D.C., they don't need reservations. Just like those mob movies you see. That's the truth. That's a little inside baseball for you. They walk in any restaurant in D.C. Hey, Senator, you got a reservation? No. Okay, we'll get your table set up right away. Just, just hang on a second, sir. Senators are powerful. Senators travel internationally routinely and meet with heads of state. And Chuck Grassley's more than just United States Senator. He is the head of the Judiciary Committee for the GOP. He's, he's the man in the Judiciary Committee. This is a hugely powerful committee, maybe the most powerful committee in the United States Senate with all kinds of oversight. Oversight over the FBI, too. Now, I want you to watch this video again, which I've shown you before, and I want you to ask yourself, how afraid is the FBI of the GOP? Senator, I, I uh, had had a flight that I'm supposed to be hightailing it to out of here, um, and I had understood that we were going to be done at 1:30. So that was that's how we ended up where we are. If it's your if it's your business trip, you got your own plane. Can it wait a while? Sorry, to be honest, um, I, I I tried to make my break as fast as I could to get right back out of here. Yeah, so we you could took resume. more than five minutes. <laughs> ha 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 it's funny that was a private plane he could have postponed an entire day if he wanted to and oh he was going on vacation that is christopher ray very diplomatic diplomatically sitting in front of the gop and raising not one but two middle fingers in their face and saying what are you going to do about it wrap it up senator i got a vacation to go on that didn't worry you enough Maybe Christopher Ray talking about the fact the FBI most definitely was involved in January 6th. Maybe this will worry you enough. Did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters? 
on January 6th of 2021. Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when Even we are, now, because that's what you I, told us two I finish, years ago. May I finish? Uh, about when we do and do not, and where we have and have not used confidential human sources. Uh, but to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being opened? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be a no. It's not a no because they were there and you see what he did there asked very specific, very pointed questions. And what did he do? Same thing they always do with the administrative state, most definitely at the FBI. Well, I can't really comment uh, ongoing investigation. Well, you gotta understand. And why do they answer questions this way? Or I, should, I should put it this way. Why don't they answer questions? Because they're not afraid. Because they're in charge. They're in charge. And now, not only are they in charge, they think you're a domestic terrorist. They are wholly hostile to you. And this goes way beyond the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Please understand the DHS is no longer concerned at all about foreign terrorists, you know, fighting Islamic Jihad and all that stuff, all the reasons it was started. The Department of Homeland Security is now firmly focused on you and any disinformation you may be spreading out there. I believe that this working group that gathers together gathers together best practices makes sure that our, our work is uh, coordinated consistent with those best practices that we're safeguarding the right of free speech that we're safeguarding civil liberties I think is an extraordinarily important endeavor by the way in case you missed it that was him being asked what, what is this disinformation governance board did you notice his answer didn't have an answer at all? Well, we're developing best practices. What's that mean? If I ask my son why he didn't take the trash out, and he tells me, well, Dad, I'm developing best practices. Okay, you're grounded. You didn't answer the question. Notice how they're not afraid. They never feel the need to answer why they're attacking you, why they're censoring you. And speaking of Mayorkas, remember this gem when he claimed the border was secure? It's very difficult to predict what that migration will be, but we are planning for different scenarios. We are then at the border, surging resources. What distinguishes us from the past uh, is the fact that we will not implement policies of cruelty that disregard our asylum laws. We are rebuilding a system that was entirely dismantled. But do you acknowledge you're likely going to see a surge? We very well could, and our job is to be prepared to address it. They caused the surge intentionally. 2022, over 2 million encounters, 1.7 million in 2021. In case you wanted to know, that's up 37%. That's courtesy of U.S. Customs and Border Protection. We still have a wide open southern border. You cannot have a nation if you have an open border where third world people are coming in whenever they feel like it. You simply, your nation will collapse. No nation can, can withstand that. And it's happening as we speak. The GOP has got to do something about that. Impeachment, Orcus, I don't know. Look, I don't know. They have to do something about that. And lastly, 
Do you remember the media telling you that the Hunter Biden laptop was just Russian disinformation? Do you remember this? The FBI is now investigating whether those alleged Hunter Biden emails are actually connected to a larger foreign intelligence operation. They may be related to a foreign intelligence operation. Foreign intelligence operation. Foreign intelligence. Foreign intelligence. Foreign intelligence operation. For all we know, these emails are made up. The information found on the laptop may be part of a Russian disinformation campaign. Part of a Russian uh, disinformation uh, effort. Described by many intelligence experts as having hallmarks. All the hallmark, hallmarks, rather. All the hallmarks of a Russian. Or Russian. Russian disinformation. Russian disinformation. Disinformation campaign. This is a classic example of the right-wing media machine. It's courtesy of my buddy Tom Elliott at Gravy and pretty revealing, no? Except it wasn't Russian disinformation at all. The truth is Hunter Biden is involved in Russia. He's involved in Ukraine. He's involved in China. He's involved in these places. And he's not involved because he has any special access. Or I, I, I take that back. He's not involved because he has any special ability. What he does have, actually, is special access. Access to who? Access to the president of the United States of America. He's going to talk about drug reform and any other thing that I want him to. He'll talk about um, anything that I want him to that he believes in. If I say this is important to me, then he will work a way in which to make it a part of his, of his platform. My dad respects me more than he respects anyone in the world, and I know that to be certain. You see an investigation into Biden, Hunter, or Joe it's not about Hunter Biden. It's about figuring out just how wholly compromised the president of the United States of America is. How many laptops does Russia possess of Hunter Biden's? Hunter Biden thinks they have at least one. How many laptops does China possess? How much criminal activity? If Xi in China gets on the phone right now and beep, 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 dials up Joe Biden, what can he make him do? These are national security questions the GOP must address. We're going to talk about all these things with a few congressmen coming up. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We'll be back with Dan Bishop. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Take on the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. What do you think the intelligence community would do if they were motivated I don't know, to? but I, from what I am told, they are very upset with how he has treated them and talked about. The intelligence community? Huh. The intelligence community that's charged with protecting us from foreign enemies, they're going to get upset and attack sitting, well, 
people running for president and then sitting presidents, sitting senators, sitting congressmen. It almost seems like we have an administrative state that runs the country, is completely out of control and needs to be brought to heel. Joining me now, Dan Bishop, great congressman from the state of North Carolina, and there aren't there very many great congressmen. Congressman, uh, this out-of-control administrative state we have that apparently runs the country concerns me a great deal, and probably what concerns me the most is every time they go sit in front of Congress or the Senate, they don't act afraid at all of anything, of anybody. Last time Ray went in front of him, he told him, hurry up, I got a plane to catch, and just ran right out on, dra on Grassley and treated him like a little girl. Why aren't they afraid? Because they've been given uh, unchallengeable power. They, they really, Jesse, the, the worrisome thing is you would think, well, uh, the executive branch is controlling it, and that's Biden, and so we don't like the way he's doing it, but at least somebody's in charge. Well, that's not true either. They, they, some of uh, Comey's testimony back you know, on behalf of the FBI indicated that there's this interagency bureaucratic process, but it's not clear to me that they're answering to the executive branch. And in Congress, I, I don't think anybody's exercising robust oversight. If, you know, the entity that was created to do that were the select intelligence committees in the House and in the Senate. I think they're in the tank. Uh, with the in, intel agencies, and we're we are so much worse off than we were in the mid 70s when Congress convened the Select uh, Church Committee in the Senate and the Pike Committee in the House to try to dig into the abuses of the intel, intel agencies in the security state. We've got to get back there. We've got to go beyond. I think what that committee did in that year. Well, refresh people's memory who don't understand church committee, pike committee. What did they find when they began digging into the intel community? You know, at the time, Jesse, I think there was also a, a difference in emphasis, but what they were looking at was foreign covert operations. Folks will remember assassination orders that had gone out. No one would take responsibility for it or no president was taking responsibility. Uh, the There were... Uh, FBI had infiltrated a lot of uh, groups in violation of First Amendment rights. They were leftist groups primarily, but not entirely. I mean, the Klan was one, but there were uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and the, uh, other uh, the Students for a Democratic Society. And, and there had just been abuse after abuse after abuse. And the select committee was given enough power uh, in the hands of Frank Church, Idaho Democrat at the time, and that, so his, his name was on the committee, I guess you'd say, they referred to it that way. But they just spent a period of eight months or so uh, under, uh, you know, and they had to fight the stonewalling that you usually see. And they got a lot of information out about what the intel agencies were doing, the CIA, uh, NSA, and so forth. But still, the FBI was the toughest nut to crack, and they really didn't get a complete reform done even then. But one of the reforms they made, Jesse, was to create these intel committees. The idea would be that Congress would quit passing the buck on its oversight responsibilities. But as so many things in Washington, it's really turned out the opposite. It gives it's a group of folks who are satisfactory to leadership, and, and they seem usually not very inclined to dig in hard on the intel agency. Well, what's wrong with leadership? Why doesn't leadership want these agencies brought to heel as well? Can you explain that? I don't understand. <laughs> you do understand, Jesse, but I appreciate you're putting the question to me that way. I mean, we've got, this is something the American people now well understand. They, they are really on top of it. They're way ahead of members of Congress, I think. There is the uniparty in Washington. 
and both parties play the game. And, uh, you know, we have something, frankly, that's coming up in with the election that's just passed. A lot of people were disappointed in a lot of ways. But one thing that makes a very interesting state of affairs, and that is that in the House, we have a majority of two or three or four. And um, and the speaker to be needs a majority. And four members uh, of the Republican conference have said they're not voting for Kevin McCarthy. But but that's, you know, th- th- what we see is there's just over the t- over time, there has emerged a system. It's, it's gro- gravely dysfunctional. The power seems to be held by five or six people. Most me- members of Congress are almost irra- uh, irrelevant. And, um, and there are those of us who are trying to change that. And we have an opportunity to do that, given the very close majority in, in the uh, Republican House to be. One of the things that concerns me a great deal is even if you get your oversight done, which I know obviously you want to do, and let's say there are there is criminal activity at the FBI, which of course there's criminal activity at the FBI, this human being, Merrick Garland, would be the one in charge of prosecuting them. The Justice Department uh, supports and defends the First Amendment right of parents to complain as vociferously as they wish about the education of their uh, children, about the curriculum taught in the schools. That is not what the memorandum is about at all, nor does it use the words domestic terrorism or Patriot Act. Like you, I can't imagine any circumstance in which the Patriot Act would be used in the circumstances uh, of parents complaining about their children, nor can I imagine a circumstance where they would be labeled as domestic terrorism. That's weird because the counterterrorism heads at the FBI met and discussed which terrorist threat tag to assign to those parents, and that's the DOJ that would actually hold the FBI accountable. Do I have that correctly? You do have it correct, Jesse, and there is no denying the uphill nature of the the slog that we have. And when I said earlier, I think Americans are aware of it, at least in the the people that I talk to day in and day out. I had a number of telephone calls with people today. I think the American people understand that we are against the wall, that things are way off track, that there is no more time for business as usual, status quo, uniparty uh, action in Washington. And while having one House of Congress under bare Republican control is not going to be a panacea or fix all of our problems, I do believe that with every passing Congress, there are more folks up there who know what time it is, who know that we better dig in, that the last opportunities are fleeting. So what we can do, we can conduct oversight, we can dig in, we can expose for the American people just how uh, brazen the abuses are by and, and, the, and the disregard and the contempt of them is by Chris Ray, by Alejandro Mayorkas at Homeland Security, and we can galvanize the American people to make sure they make change once candidates come to them and make it clear that they will damn well follow through. Well, Congressman, go get them rooting for you. Thank you, Jesse. All right. We've got a lot of show left. Hang on. The border, the border is 
secure. Congressman, the border is secure. We're executing our plan. And I've been very clear and unequivocal in that regard. I want to repeat my assurance to uh, our audience this morning that the border is, in fact, secure. The border is secure. The border is secure. I hear that over and over and over again, only the border is not secure at all. In fact, it's sounding like Mayorkas may be in a bit of hot water today. Kevin McCarthy had this to say. Are you going to push for Secretary Mayorkas to be impeached if you become the speaker in January? I think we'll talk a little bit about that more today. Uh, I'm going to go down, sit down with the border agents, get a first-hand knowledge of what is happening today, because I do not trust what Secretary Mayorkas has told the nation. Every fact is what he has said is not true from everything we have seen. But I'm going to go first-hand, get the knowledge with a number of other members, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that today. Joining me now, my friend, Congressman Andy Biggs from the state of Arizona, the great state of Arizona. Congressman, so we have a head of DHS who has intentionally opened the border, I would argue, and then has lied repeatedly about it. I don't want to get over my skis here. You're in Congress. I'm not. Is this guy in trouble? Well, he should be. We should not. There should not be any equivocation on impeachment, Jesse. Look, I'm just telling you this. This administration is talking about providing amnesty to literally 20 million or more people. That's an incentive for more. This administration is now talking about doing away with Title 42. Now, when you do that, you're going to see incentives on both fronts for an additional five or six, sometimes maybe even 10,000 people a day. We're getting over 10,000 people a day on average that we that are surrendering or being captured at the border this border this uh, secretary mayorkas he's the guy that's the architect he's the guy that's implemented these policies that have produced this crisis and uh, i think there should be no equivocation from leadership or anybody on the republican side of congress this man needs to be impeached um, and he probably should be prosecuted for contempt of Congress or perjury to Congress, because when you think about it, he's under oath, he's giving testimony, and what he's saying is the border is secure. And he in fact knows, he in fact knows that um, under the Secure Fence Act, that this border is not operationally secure, and it's his fault. Okay, can you give us some details on his policies that have caused all this? Because we know there's a problem. We know the border is wide open. A lot of people, though, they can't name specifics. They're not on, in the know like you are. What are his policies that are bringing all these people? It's two million this year. It's insane. Well, first of all, you have to look at what's the incentives. What's drawing people in? And the incentive is the Biden administration, Joe Biden, and the Democrats said they were going to open the border, right? Okay, so that's first thing. Everybody knows it. That's why. In February of 2021, you saw people showing up at the border in Tijuana wearing T-shirts that said, uh, Biden, let us in. And this is why you can go down and talk to anybody who's coming across and they're going to tell you how much they like Joe Biden, because that is the policy to welcome them in. So that's one thing. You've got to change it at the top. The second thing is they got rid of the Remain in Mexico policy, which was such a, a, a tremendous factor in, um, in inhibiting these incentives. It provided a disincentive. People didn't want to wait in Mexico. They quit coming. So that was, that was pretty good. Uh, the other thing is building the fence. That sent a strong signal to the cartels and people who wanted to come here illegally 
that we were not going to let them in. Those policies in and of themselves uh, inhibited a lot of, there, those are Trump policies that inhibited a lot of people coming, but I'll give you some more. He doesn't believe in enforcing Title VIII. They don't enforce the law. So when you don't enforce the law under Title VIII, what that means is you don't detain people until their immigration status is determined. That's what Title VIII requires. So what they're doing instead is they're just actually moving people through the uh, processing facility at Border Patrol, either transferring to ICE to be released elsewhere in the country, or they're providing them, uh, they're giving it to an NGO who's going to help them uh, enter the country. So he's reinstituted the catch and release program, which was stopped under Trump. So those are just a few things. And here's the thing, uh, Jesse, you, you're looking at this, and in, in the U.S. sector, for the whole year of 2020, the last year that President Trump was the president, nine fewer than 9,000 encounters, 8,860, something like that. That's all there were for the whole year. You know what it was this last fiscal year? More than 340,000 encounters just in the Yuma sector alone. That's what these policies will do. Can you explain NGOs and these NGOs? A lot of people don't know, it gets so convoluted and complicated that people don't understand the infrastructure that's in place in this country by these filthy communists to actually flood this place with people who don't belong here. Explain the NGOs for pe to, to people, please. Yeah, an NGO is a non-government organization. They, they, they're kind of a special interest organization. So you have them and um, in, in Yuma and all along the border, you're gonna have an NGO and what they do is they, uh, they're part of this web. They, they're contracting with the, the federal government to, to actually ha help handle some of these people that are being released into the country. And so they're going to facilitate Transportation. So, for instance, in in uh, one of the NGOs I'm familiar with, they they these people come in. They have to pay their own transport. They're released to the the NGO. The NGO helps arrange travel, whether it's by bus or by plane. But those individuals have to pay for the transportation. And right now, that's probably about 40 to 45 percent of the people being released in Yuma go to the NGO, who who basically helps them. They're acting, they provide them with some food and some care and some treatment, and then they send them on their way. They're all, they're, by the way, Jesse, they're also overwhelmed. Uh, so you've got a, a, an NGO in Yuma, only one, and they're, they're supposed to be, they're designed for handling 300 people a day. The federal government comes to them and says, well, we need you to handle 800 people a day. And they're like, well, we can't do that. So they're overwhelmed. And then in the meantime, everybody else, the other 55%, uh, you might you might be sending two percent back home, but not so much anymore. But the other fifty-five percent or so, they're going to ICE, who then um, processes them, uh, and then they get sent off from ICE somewhere into the United States. So, but the NGO process is essentially to facilitate um, uh, disbursement of these people into the country. And and before we were dispersing them, they were basically. Um, helping get you know doing some humanitarian some charitable work but then they they've had to morph into this kind of logistical arm of the federal government which is the logistical arm of the cartel in dispersing people throughout the country okay so the ngos are facilitating getting people into the country and ice is facilitating getting people into the country is there anyone facilitating getting the people out of the country not right now i mean so, so you got CBP, 
CBP cannot enforce the law. The, the, the Mayorkas won't let them enforce the law. What they're having to do instead, they're having to process people. And because they're overwhelmed, their facilities are overwhelmed, uh, uh, Mayorkas wants them to process these people very, very quickly, get them out into the country as quickly as possible. And that's what uh, CBP is forced to do. ICE, similarly. ICE is, look, there's, a, there's about 1.2 million, I think the number is, of people who've actually been adjudicated uh, through the process that has said, you are, do not have a valid asylum claim, you need to be removed, you need to be deported. Well, for whatever reason, we let them go uh, make their arrangements and then they leave the country. We don't keep them in custody. And so you got 1.2 million people wandering around our country where the court has said, you need to be removed. And Mayorkas has told ICE, we're not going to go after those people and we're not going to remove those people. So when you say to me, uh, should Mayorkas be impeached? There should be there should be no equivocation from the Republicans. They the Democrats should shouldn't have equivocation either. This guy needs to be impeached. This administration has uh, is, is facilitated this, and we're not. You and I have not even talked about the fentanyl. We're not talking about the terrorist. We've not talked about the humans trafficking, human smuggling. We're not talking about the cartels. We're not talking about the inhumanity crossing the border, and we're also not talking about the the criminal crime gangs that come in. And uh, Jesse, it is a, an absolute out of control border. And I was just down there recently, again, last couple of weeks, and and uh, it's amazing what you can see, Jesse. That is sad. Congressman, go get him. Thank you so much. Will do, thanks. All right, we're gonna talk to my buddy Chip Roy next. Fauci's out there still running his mouth. Hang on. My message and my final message, maybe the final message I give you from this podium, <laughs> is that please, for your own safety, for that of your family, get your updated COVID-19 shot as soon as you're eligible to protect yourself, your family, and your community. Hmm. That's so weird. Now, I realize I'm not a doctor. I'm just an uneducated rube, as you know, community college. So, I, I, look, I don't want to step on any medical toes. But I've been told over and over and over again now by everyone from Pfizer to the CDC and everyone in between that the COVID-19, quote, vaccine, if we're still calling it that, that it does not prevent transmission at all. So if it doesn't prevent transmission, how does me getting it protect my family and my community? You know what? I'm not smart enough. Let's ask a congressman. Joining me now, my friend, Congressman Chip Roy, one of the great ones from the state of Texas. Congressman, you're the expert, obviously. I don't know what I'm talking about. Could you break down for me how a vaccine that doesn't stop the spread protects my family if I get it? Yeah, I was just having a perfectly nice day. I mean, you had to play Anthony Fauci sitting there playing little dictator mm -hmm. telling the Americans, oh, go out there and stick another needle in your arm when there's absolutely no science demonstrating that it'll benefit you or your family. Oh, and by the way, because of me, Anthony Fauci, we're gonna continue to have our men and women in uniform face getting fired if they dare say, hold on a second, I'm not sure that's in my best interest. There's no science for this. And Jesse, we held a hearing about a month ago, maybe three weeks ago, actually, uh, uh, around election day, uh, off the Hill, because we can't hold hearings on the Hill because Democrats don't want to do that. So we held one and we invited Scott Atlas and Jay Bhattacharya, Martin Holdorf, some of these great doctors. 
They came in. I asked every one of them, went right down the line, said, is there any reason for an otherwise healthy male or female in their you know, late teens, 20s, early 30s to be uh, you know, mandated to take a shot or is it in their interest at all? Literally went down the line. They didn't even add editorial comment. They said, no, no, no. This has all been a fraud while freaking Pfizer and Moderna makes $93 billion in a year, now over $100 billion, all in coordination with the government mandating you get a, a needle stuck in your arm. My last point, Republicans need to demand that we stop funding under the government mandates for vaccines. We can do that in the National Defense Authorization Act. We can do that on the omnibus spending bill. You should grade your Republicans as to whether they demand that we stop funding this vaccine mandate. Okay, do we have the political will for that? I know we don't have the Senate. I know we have the House. I know we have the House by a narrow margin. I agree with you. Do you think the political will exists? I know there's always a group of losers in there who will do us wrong. Well, that's kind of what the current fight is right now in leadership, right? Uh, my position right now is nothing personal. Uh, it's not about any one individual. It's the fact that nobody has 218 and no one has 218 because no one has stepped up to demand and say, here's what the Republican conference needs to stand for. Uh, do we have the political will to do that? Historically, no. I think we need to have a full-throated debate in our conference. We need to stand up and we ought to say, nope, we are not gonna advance the National Defense Authorization Act unless you get rid of vaccine mandates, among, by the way, some other things, like, for example, funding uh, abortion travel uh, or, or uh, you know, back, you know uh, drafting our daughters. There are other provisions the Senate wants to jam in there. Republicans need to stand strong. We need leadership to get the conference together and stand up and fight those things. Back to Fauci real quick. What blew me away, and actually it didn't blow me away, I'm not surprised, but it just, it is sad, is that he's still giving press conferences. This is a human being who should be lawyering up right now, worried about his upcoming trial, but he's up there joking with supporters. Life is good. I'm going to retire, baby. This guy's going to walk away scot-free without a blemish on him, isn't he? Well, not if I have anything to do about it, but I'm only 435th of one half of one third of the federal government. Uh, but I'm going to be doing everything I can to make sure we hold him accountable, seek truth. That's why we held those hearings. It was a big deal. Uh, I would actually encourage all of your listeners, go look at that. I'll send the link. I'll repost the link here in a minute at ChipRoyTX on Twitter and on my social media. We exposed a lot of the problems from the very beginning, whether it was gain-of-function research, NIH funding, all of the lockdown problems that we knew right out of the gate that this was something that hurt the elderly and, and, and obese and some people that were unhealthy. It wasn't for the general population. We knew that immediately. We knew that the vaccines had issues. We knew that the vaccines didn't really control uh, transmission. We knew that pretty early on. And yet we've continued with all of this fraud because it was a game of power. It was a game of federal government exercising power over the American people. And we need to do something about it. I'm not gonna make any promises, Jesse, because you know what? I'm, there aren't 435 of me. But I'm going to go fight and demand, and there are a bunch of us who want to change it, and we're going to do our damnedest to expose Fauci and have consequences. Can you ex? Yeah, I mean, you can't promise what you can't deliver. Can you ex can you explain gain of function research for those of us, meaning myself, who are still confused by this? Did did we create coronavirus? Well, there certainly is a heck of a lot of evidence that this is not something that just kind of came up out of the you know natural world or or in, you know out of a you know, uh, you know, fat, uh, uh, you know, whatever the, the food market was or whatever it was, uh, that at the end of the day that we were neck deep and involved with this. And by the way, Jesse, you're a Texan. Um, we had funding here uh, with UT medical centers that were involved with gain-of-function research. I asked letters. I sent a letter to them saying, hey, what were you doing? 
uh, and it created a bit of a controversy there. And now they're kind of back like, oh, well, you know, we didn't know uh, that that was being used. That way, that was one guy. And I'm like, hold on a second. This is why we need accountability of all these federal dollars flying around. Your federal tax dollars were being used in, in coordination with the Chinese, you know, uh, Institute at Wuhan uh, to dive into this uh, gain-of-function research, which has likely resulted in the creation of this very bad uh, pandemic. And so uh, we ought to know about that. But you know what? Your tax dollars are still going to fund that sort of thing right now as we speak. Uh, like, nothing ever changes. That's why we're so mad right now. That's why we're demanding as Republicans no more status quo. We want Republican leadership between now and January 3rd to demonstrate that they get it, they know what time it is in America. In America, We've had it. We're going to demand accountability. We want to know where the money's going. No more blank checks to Ukraine. No more funding of NIH dollars going to do gain-of-function research. No more continuation of the assault on our military with vaccine mandates. No more open borders. Accountability for Mayorkas. Uh, that's what we demand out of leadership. And stop spending money we don't have to fund all this garbage. And, uh, you know, we'll see what we do, but that's what I'm going to be fighting for, Justin. Is all this vaccine mandate stuff about money now, Chip? Because I got to be honest, that's that's the only thing I can come up with. If you still have a mandate for this and mandate for the military, mandate for this, this this reeks of being a gigantic handout to Pfizer, Moderna, these pharmaceutical companies who I know spend a fortune lobbying the government. This seems like naked corruption to me. Look, we have created an environment where big health care, big corporate America is at odds with the average American and the average small business owner in this country. This is one of the things most Republicans don't want to take on. They're like, oh my gosh, if I take on pharma, oh man, they're going to bring their lobbyists against me. If I go take on all the big you know, healthcare corporations or, or the big insurance companies, oh man, you can't have Blue Cross Blue Shield coming after you. You know what? Screw them. They're like, we're not run by oligarchs. We're not run by, by corporate America. I mean, that's true fascism. The people run this country. We need to take it back from these big corporate leviathans that were basically boosted and built up on the back of Obamacare on an already broken system with big insurance companies that are running your health care. And then you, you throw pharma on the top of it, making $100 billion on the back, back of vaccine mandates, and you know exactly what's going on. Follow the money. But I want to say, it was Democrats jamming through Obamacare that put this all on steroids. We need to return health care to the people, to doctors, get the government out of it, and get corporate America out of it. Return it back to the people and doctors. Congressman Chip Roy, appreciate you, brother. Come back soon. Have a blessed Thanksgiving, my man. You too. All right. We're going to lighten the mood. Next. All right. We know what they should do. Remember, administrative state is numero uno. What are they going to do about that? We know, we know they need to work on the border. They do need to impeach Mayorkas. We, we know the things they should do. The question is now, what will they do? But no matter what they do, and obviously we're going to keep talking about it right here on I'm Right every single weeknight. We'll talk about it, but you should know that now it's on them. You put in the work. You went out, you voted. You dragged friends and family. You talked about it with people. You put in the work, you elected these people. It's their job now to deliver. If they don't deliver, if they start to disappoint the way the GOP always seems to end up doing, then it is important we begin to primary these people and run them out of office. 
we must turn the GOP into a strong anti-communist party. We must. You already put in the work. Now it's on them. All right. We'll do it again. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Who is there for heroes or the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans? And who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran Programs comprise their In the Line of Duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. Over 80 walks, runs, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is educating kids in kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time nowadays 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas you know what it will get you though for just 20 bucks a month you can get unlimited talk text and plenty of 5g data from my sponsor and my cell phone company pure talk make the switch today and save an additional 50 percent off your first month choose a wireless company who shares our values go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries that's puretalk.com slash jesse 